0: Welcome to Herman Singh's Future Compass. Understanding today, preparing for tomorrow. Navigating organizational politics. What do I do about office politics? The short answer is to not do it. So, is this going to be the shortest chapter ever? Seriously though, organizational politics are a reality. And it's important that upcyclers understand the lay of the land as well as how to navigate it. First, we will discuss what politics are in a corporate, what it means and how it's played out. And then we'll discuss strategic options for a professional. According to David Easton, a political system can be designated as the interactions through which values are authoritatively allocated in a society or an organization. It talks to the activities associated with the governance and especially the debate or conflict amongst individuals or parties, having or hoping to achieve power. This is especially so when concerned with power, status, and wealth, and are typically considered to be devious or divisive. In theory, all participants in the business should be focused on acting in the best interests of the company, its employees, shareholders, and partners. Standard policies and procedures are developed and implemented to ensure fairness and transparency of decision-making in all actions. In practice, though, that is often not the case. The reason is that there is an, another overlay of interests that is self-serving and aimed at the accumulation of power, status or wealth. This leads to the politicking that we all know and hate. Politics in a corporate, like in any society, is about stakeholder management, of course, but more. It is about the way things really get done here. The hidden flow of communication and authority that are effectively off the books. It's about what is thought about but not spoken openly about due to the hidden or undisclosed objectives. This leads to agendas arising from interpersonal feelings, allegiances, history, favors, nepotism fraud, and a general lack of integrity. So the rulebook which is ostensibly in place to regulate the organization is gamed, unfairly applied, and warped to suit other objectives, thus undermining the overall governance of the organization. Chris Argyris, in his book on overcoming organizations' defensive routines, spoke of the left and right columns governing executive communication. These columns can be thought of as being in the minds of all participants, as if it were a book in your brain of what is being communicated. The left column is what the key stakeholders are really thinking and discussing in private, and was therefore their true intentions, but never revealed, while the right column was what was openly said. The challenge is that in highly politicized organizations, we never say what we think and we never declare our true intentions. These columns, therefore, are never the same. So what is a mere professional to do? Where one can avoid getting involved, one should, of course, do exactly that. This is a difficult space if one does not understand the unwritten rules and the true intentions of all parties. It can also be dangerous to your career to intervene in matters that are way outside of your pay grade. It can, however, be immoral to act on illegal or unfair instructions as a pawn in a larger corporate game of political chess. Remember that pawns get sacrificed, that is why they are there. My best advice is to use the Chris Argyris recommended approach for reconciling the two columns to the best of your abilities. Reconciling the columns requires that one drill through comments, actions, and behaviors in the right-hand column to try to get to the true intentions in the left-hand one. One does this by documenting the right column of things said and requested. This is best done by retaining records, of course, as in a CYA file or cover your ass file. Many apps used for collaboration today, including emailing systems, do that automatically. So you have an audit trail. The second is to ensure that one interrogates the rationale for actions and behaviors to gain a better understanding of the intention, reasoning, and data used for a decision or action. Asking why five times is important, as is pointing out the breaches of policy, procedure, or governance that are occurring. This interrogation and use of reasoning and data can help you build what Professor Argerus referred to as a ladder of logic or a ladder of inference. One cannot refuse to execute a direct order, of course, unless performing the action would breach laws, regulations, policy, and procedures. One can, however, attempt to cut through the veil to expose the true intention. An example might be to check whether an officer had the authority to issue an instruction or to insist that full governance be followed for a suspect instruction as in being submitted to the appropriate decision-making bodies for sign-off. Selective application of rules or excessively harsh, harsh imposition of policies can be clues pointing to the abuse of power. It is tempting to align oneself by taking a side in this tectonic battle inside the organization. This is also discouraged for several reasons. The first is that you could become a target yourself. The second is that your side could lose. The third is that organizations could be restructured and the side that you allied with is no longer able to support you. The final one is that disciplinary, criminal or civil actions could arise, and this could ricochet onto you as an innocent bystander. It is often best to just wait out the ongoing wars that play out as if on a school ground. No organizational dynamic lasts forever, of course, due to restructuring, resignations of executives, changes in boards or shareholders, mergers and acquisitions, changes in strategy, and of course, new policies or procedures. It's amazing how tenure of executives reduces the higher up the organization one goes. Playing the waiting game might be your best bet. So how do you get what you want? It's important that you do quickly get a grasp of the lay of the land to understand who the key decision makers are, gatekeepers and true holders of the strings of power. You need to understand and know where the landmines are and where the skeletons are buried. In one firm, an IT project had run on for years, with cost overruns and no delivery. But it was an example of chairman's folly, so one could not really criticise it as it was renamed every few years. In another, it was clear that an individual's godparents were senior execs, and one had to steer clear of direct conflict. On another occasion, it was clear that there was a territorial battle between the retail and wholesale organisations, and the group structure was caught in the middle. CEO's pet project or employee, a filtering of information to the board, the changing of dashboards to select measures that reflect more positively on the management team. The examples run into the hundreds. One needs to navigate this, of course, and within the rules of the game, become the boundary spanner between all parties. You need to be seen as a peacemaker who is naively focused on their individual objectives. It does not hurt to hint at the benefits to them from supporting your agenda either. My mum always said, tread softly but carry a big stick. It is important, therefore, to get the sponsorship of senior executives on all sides and best to do this from a position of strength because of success achieved due to your personal previous and past performance. The best levers are visibility, eloquence, delivery of performance objectives and being liked. You need to be recognized as an employee who is a major creator of value, a high impact player and with a clear vision of the future, that they need you more than you need them. Be the heavy hitter who has safe hands, work on that. And you should have a safe path through the dogfights above you. That, after all, is what Switzerland did for hundreds of years. You've been listening to Herman Singh's Future Compass, brought to you by Future Advisory and Solid Gold Podcasts. Professor Singh specializes in digital transformation, disruption, and startup acceleration, and keeps his finger on the pulse of change so that you can make better decisions.